0: For vulnerable seniors,
1: you have sacrificed more than many.
0: Long-term care homes get ready to welcome back visitors with strict new rules. Racism in a popular Coquitlam park. Go back where you out. came from. If you what want. sparked this outburst? Oh, there's so many berries out here. And a message from the mayor.
2: We're not immune, of course, uh, to racist overtones, but that one shocked me.
0: A paramedic with a very public profile.
2: I said, Mom, I'm on the front page of the McLean's magazine.
0: <laughs> Highlights from a 43 year career and how he ended up at center ice of one of BC's biggest stories.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
0: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. It's a move thousands of families have been waiting for. The province is cautiously easing the restrictions that have kept seniors in long-term care homes separated from their loved ones for months. Nadia Stewart has more on how BC is
4: investing in safe visits. Frances Montgomery says the last few months have been hard on her friends living in long-term care homes. It's why she's welcoming news restrictions are being eased. They are incredibly
5: lonely. I'm pleased that she's allowing us now
4: to visit them. She is Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry, who alongside Health Minister Adrian Dix announced new guidelines around allowing visitors into these facilities that have been at the centre of the COVID-19 outbreak in B.C. Each resident is allowed one designated visitor at a specific area on site. They must wear a mask and arrange visits in advance, and every facility must submit a safety plan for approval. Tuesday's announcement, one Henry says weighs heavily on her as she balances the risks with the price seniors have already paid.
1: You have shown a resilience, determination and courage despite this challenge. As we move forward, we'll all do this well and carefully so that that sacrifice is not wasted.
4: Dick's also announcing $160 million to hire up to three new staff in each facility dedicated to ensuring COVID-19 protection procedures are followed. That's on top of $26.5 million to cover any additional costs incurred by BC's 680 long-term care homes between March and June.
6: I think all of the people involved have done well in comparison to other places. But we have lost uh, almost 100 people in long-term care.
4: There's no question the stakes are high. It's why the hospital employees union says government must ensure private care home operators provide the highest quality of personal protective equipment which they say has not always been the case.
7: It should not matter whether uh, whether a health care worker is employed by a by a private operator or by a health authority in terms of the uh, the quality of PPE that they get.
4: Both Henry and Dix say they'll be watching for any spike in cases. That will determine whether we see more restrictions eased or the rules tightened up again. Nadia Stork, Global News.
0: All right, let's bring in Keith Baldry for some other developments on the COVID-19 front in B.C., including, Keith, Dr. Henry taking a stand on the issue of masks on transit.
4: <laughs>
8: Yeah, it's very interesting. It's interesting to track Dr. Henry's advice when it comes to Master Indeed. Other public health officers at the beginning of the pandemic, they were going, eh, it doesn't really add much. Then it became, well, wear one if you can't maintain your social distance and it can't hurt. Uh, This is the one I've got, by the way, one made by my wife, Anne. I've got three of them. Uh, But her big advice now is almost an order. It's not quite an order. She's not enforcing this, but she strongly is telling people, if you're on transit, wear a mask. Here's Dr. Henry.
1: Um, I do think you should be wearing a mask if you're taking transit. We need to find that balance right now with the the levels that we have in our community. I don't believe we need to um, go that enforcement route with mask wearing, but I certainly wear one when I um, take transit, when I go into stores, and I expect others will too.
0: All right, Keith, Dr. Henry was also asked about our crowd size of 50. It's limited to 15. Uh, the question mm-hmm. is whether that can be expanded, given that our neighbors in Alberta, who are not faring as well as us in terms of numbers, have just increased their gathering size.
8: Yes, they're going to 200 at large outdoor events, rodeos, festivals, and such. That starts tomorrow in marked contrast to BC with uh, our number at 50. Sometimes I ask Dr. Bonnie Henry a question. I know what the answer is going to be. I asked her today, what did she think about that Alberta number? Could it happen in BC? Not surprised by her answer.
1: It's a balance of having a, a large enough group that we can do what we want to do, but also that we can find people in public health when a case arises and make sure that we find all of our contacts in a timely way. So right now, it's 50 in BC. It's not going to change in the near future. We are, of course, revising and reviewing things as we go, and we've been working on, you know, how do we how do we make it work, um, but still keep people protected.
8: So it'll be interesting, Sophie, to see what happens in Alberta with this new crowd size being allowed as of tomorrow. The last two days is interesting. 122 cases in Alberta for COVID-19 compared to just 14 over the last few days in B.C. The numbers are going up in Alberta. We're flatlining in B.C. We're keeping smaller crowds. They're going to bigger crowds. We'll see if they experience what the awfulness is occurring south of the border in the United States as they've opened up to bigger crowds. Hopefully that doesn't happen.
0: Certainly hope not. All right, thanks for that, Keith. Now let's take a look at the latest COVID-19 numbers for the province. And we have 12 new cases today, bringing BC's total to 2,916. Thankfully, again, no new deaths to report, so that number stays at 174. 18 people are in hospital, no change there. Four of them are in ICU. 2,590 people are considered recovered from the virus, which leaves us with 150 cases. Well, it's been an industry or it's an industry rather, that had been booming before the pandemic hit. Now Vancouver's craft breweries and distilleries are getting a helping hand in their recovery plans from Vancouver City Hall. Council voted this afternoon to allow the installation and operation of outdoor patios. Grace Key joins us with more. Grace, uh, what do the breweries say is at stake for them here? you know, a lot like the
7: restaurants with social distancing, they just needed that extra space to survive and get those extra customers in. So this afternoon Vancouver City Council did vote unanimously to approve uh, these businesses such as breweries and distilleries to set up a patio on private property. So for Powell Street Craft Brewery, they did have a 32 seat capacity inside at its lounge. It's now down to zero. They just weren't able to socially distance safely. Well, they didn't waste any time setting up the patio in anticipation of that yes vote from council. The outdoor seating can house the same amount of people they had inside and they can now hire some additional staff. If this didn't go through, Powell Brewery said they didn't think they would be able to survive.
9: Uh,
10: we'll probably hire back uh, at least two or three employees and um, yeah just have the business start running like it used to be again and yeah it's really good because these past three months have been pretty scary for us and for other breweries around uh, the city.
7: So these temporary patios can be up until the end of October. The good news here is Vancouver City staff, now they've been working with the breweries uh, on their applications. So for Powell Street Brewery, that means that you can stop by and have a cold one on their patio as early as tomorrow for Canada Day.
0: Sophie? All right. Well, hopefully they'll have good weather for it. Thanks, Grace. Services synonymous with summer fun in Vancouver are slowly coming back as COVID-19 restrictions ease. The park board is greenlighting the reopening of 12 concession stands along beaches and in parks July 7th. Clubhouses at Fraser View, Langara and McCleary Golf Courses will roll out food services on July 3rd and more good news, Kitsilano, New Brighton and Second Beach outdoor pools are set to reopen July 13th and nine Vancouver beaches will be staffed with lifeguards. RCMP and ICBC are teaming up for the province-wide summer counterattack campaign. Starting tomorrow, roadblocks will be set up on major BC highways to catch drug and alcohol-impaired drivers. Drivers can also expect to see an increased patrol presence on highways throughout the July campaign. Police say check stops will be carried out with COVID-19 safety measures in mind, and officers will wear PPE when required.
4: There may be
11: times when PPE is not worn if the risk is deemed low. Our officers are committed to road safety and there will be times when we have to encroach on personal space to fulfill our duties, like conducting roadside sobriety tests, for example. COVID-19 does not exempt anyone from complying with our lawful demand, nor will it prevent our officers from performing their duties
4: when required.
0: Each year, an average of 67 people are killed in B.C. in alcohol-related crashes. There are now two separate police agencies looking into the handling of an incident involving the wife of Delta Police Chief Neil Dubord. The Vancouver Police are looking at how Delta Police dealt with the case. And the Surrey RCMP are looking at the criminal complaint. And as Catherine Urquhart reports, the police chief himself was on the hot seat today at a public meeting about the case.
12: Karen Sidhu arrives at the Surrey RCMP detachment prepared to give her statement about an alleged assault. I'm hoping that the RCMP will um, start conducting a thorough investigation and really making sure that justice is served here. It's the latest step in what has thrust the Richmond teacher into the news. On June 6th, she was at Centennial Beach when the tide suddenly came in. She says she was walking over these rocks to get back to her car when the homeowner confronted her. She said, I should spray you with my hose. And I said, that would be assault. Like, I very clearly said that to her. And she went and got her hose and sprayed me in the face, all over my hair and face. That is assault. Spray that head with the hose and turned the hose on. Sadhu's friends challenged the homeowner, Lorraine DuBord wife of Delta Police Chief Neal DuBord.
13: Come up and got the one end when okay. I asked her okay. to get
12: down. Well, but- she reported the incident to Delta Police. Sadu says she was never interviewed in person. And four days later, a sergeant from the department told her the case was closed. During an online police board meeting Tuesday morning, Delta's deputy chief defended their investigation.
14: Accepted practices and uh, policies pertaining to investigative steps were followed. Chief Neil
12: Dubord, meanwhile, appeared to distance himself from his wife Lorraine.
11: On June 7, 2020, our department received a complaint from a member of the public alleging an assault by my partner. I want to say unreservedly that this matter at hand in no way reflects the values and the commitment to the community of the officers of the Delta Police Department, nor
3: my own values.
12: Mayor George Harvey, chair of the board, also weighed in, saying the incident occurred on public property.
3: Are the rocks on public property? Yes, they are.
12: After Sudeau persisted and filed a formal complaint, Surrey RCMP is now investigating the alleged assault. Besides the emotional emotional toll it's been taking, it's... It was good to get it out and to finally have somebody listen. Surrey Mounties won't comment on the criminal investigation. Sadu also filed a complaint with the Office of the Police Complaint Commissioner. It has asked Vancouver Police to carry out an external disciplinary conduct investigation into how the matter was handled by Delta Police. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
0: A video showing an angry racist confrontation in a popular Metro Vancouver park has gone viral. It happened Sunday in Minnacata Regional Park and appears to have started when two women picking berries were accosted by another woman who angrily told them to go back where you came from. Erin MacArthur reports.
15: Taxes I pay for this park and I don't like park. to see
5: people wrecking it.
14: It started out as an argument on a hiking trail about... Berries.
5: Berries oh my God, we're not wrecking it. Oh, there's so many berries
7: out here. There's so many
14: <laughs> The heated exchange Sunday in Minnacata Park. In one turn of phrase, it went from nasty
15: to berries. racist. Why don't you mind your own business? Why this don't you mind insanity. your own business? You know, that is the Rudest thing you've said to me. You decided go to go back up where to you us. came from if you wanted to use oh, like that. Oh,
4: why did not you go back to where you came from, you fucking colonizer?
14: Sarah Pashandi and her friend took the video. She still can't believe what the woman said.
8: I just want people to like realize that there actually is just racism, and it's not just towards like people that are obviously a minority. It's just like I don't know where it, I don't know where it comes from, but even like just on a hike, it can just be anywhere, and it's just important to like be aware that it does actually happen, even in Canada too.
14: Coquitlam's mayor, Richard Stewart, saw the video too. Racism
2: needs to be called out every time. That's what it calls all of us to do, is to check our privilege, to make sure that we understand what is the reason for our perception. If we perceive that we have more right to be here than someone else, why are we perceiving it that way?
8: And I've always hated seeing it happen to other people. So, like, having happened to me was just kind of, yeah, like, it was kind of, like, eye-opening in a way.
2: According to
14: Sarah, the irony is both her and her friend were born in Canada. The woman who she calls Karen, yeah. Karen yeah. Call call was color.
1: not. Where well, did you come from? from?
13: Yeah. where did you come from? Where did you come from? I'm actually curious. Where did U.S. You come from? U.S.? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh,
14: Aaron really MacArthur, either. Global yes. News. Mm.
13: Oh, so, but we are...
0: Political ads taken out by more than a dozen B.C. liberal MLAs are in the spotlight tonight. Holiday greetings from 14 members of the liberal caucus causing controversy over where they turned up, why they're apologizing in just over a minute.
2: Clearly, we are not in total control right now.
0: A dire warning from Dr. Anthony Fauci as America's COVID cases spiral. That's coming up on the News Hour. Plus. Hi, everybody. I'm out of here. There Olivia Munn passes the mic right now, to BC's top doctor. Bonnie Henry's social media takeover later. Right now, though, the BC Liberals are under fire after MLAs spent taxpayer dollars on holiday greetings in a free monthly Christian lifestyle magazine widely known for anti-LGBTQ2 content. As Ted Czernicki reports, the controversy is prompting the party to review its ad policies.
3: It's when this Liberal Caucus ad first came to light in The Light magazine that social media got busy. Critics were asking why tax dollars are being spent on a monthly Christian magazine that is openly anti-gay, anti-right to die, and pro-conversion therapy. To some it says the Liberals say they're all for diversity and inclusiveness while in the legislature. To see that
2: when they leave this place they spend thousands of dollars on a magazine that is actively hateful towards people like me and my family, um, transgender people, uh, it's disgusting. Like, you know, what are you thinking?
3: In response, the Liberal leader tweeted this this morning. There is no room in the B.C. Liberal Party for homophobia, transphobia, or any other form of discrimination. Going forward, we are taking immediate steps to ensure our advertising decisions reflect those values at all times. The ad appeared on page four of the October 2019 edition. Four pages later, there's an article about the ban on conversion therapy and how it puts Canadian freedoms at risk.
2: You either say we do exist, we celebrate pride, and everybody has an ability to be here in this province and its wonderful diversity, Or you say, we don't exist. And this magazine promotes views that we don't exist and we're just somehow making it all up.
3: Expense claims show Rich Coleman paid $1,428 to Light Christian Media in November last year, as did Todd Stone pay $503. Both invoices are shared by nine MLAs.
9: I absolutely, categorically uh, do not support anything that causes discrimination against anyone. I, I believe in a safe, inclusive British Columbia for everyone. Uh, I've been a longtime supporter of the LGBTQ community and pride
3: events uh, here in Kamloops and across uh, the province. Constituency expenses for 2020 have yet to be made public. Ted Shernacki, Global News.
0: Up next, ICBC trust issues.
8: We are scared that they are going to save those funds on the backs of innocent crash victims.
0: Why some critics have no faith in the no-fault model. Plus driveway deception, how unsuspecting homeowners are being scammed out of thousands.
12: Counterflow is out over
0: here at the Massey Tunnel. Traffic is in good shape in both
12: directions. When you buy a lottery ticket or play at a casino in B.C., our healthcare, schools and community programs benefit. BCLC, with every play, you're making B.C. even better. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Massey Tunnel.
0: ICBC's shift to a new insurance model is aimed at putting out the corporation's financial dumpster fire. But some say... They have no faith in the looming no-fault system. At issue, the proposed Civil Resolution Tribunal system and how that could impact compensation for survivors of brain injuries. Richard Zussman
9: reports. It can be devastating and invisible.
8: Brain injury is like a snowflake. No two are the same. And depending on the severity or location of the brain injury will result in the impairment.
9: And now brain injury treatments from car crash injuries are about to change. ICBC is in the midst of a massive overhaul, switching to an enhanced care model. And this has brain injury service workers worried because it mostly removes lawyers who in many cases advocate for the injured.
8: They may not know or understand or recognize how to navigate the system.
9: Concerns like this are a big part of why the province has tasked Jane Dyson with the job of overseeing a panel to look at concerns like this.
1: We are reviewing and advising ICBC on how to make it as accessible for people who are catastrophically injured and their families to access the enhanced medical coverage.
9: With the enhanced care model comes additional benefits. So if you do suffer a brain injury or another injury under this model, you will be entitled to up to $7 million in benefits. Under the current system, the max is $300,000.
10: The legal duty will be to assist people through uh, the recovery and to ensure they're aware of all the benefits they're entitled to. So that shift is quite dramatic.
9: One of the biggest hurdles for the government is convincing the public to trust ICBC, who under this model will determine the treatment people receive and up until now have taken on victims in court over settlements.
10: That shift and getting rid of that conflict of interest for ICBC, I think will uh, begin to restore that trust.
9: Surrey BC Liberal MLA Stephanie Cudu has first-hand experience on how a car crash can change one's life. She's been using a wheelchair since suffering an injury at 18 years old. You know, acquiring a catastrophic injury is difficult enough.
15: And um, to then have your rights to choice and self-determination taken away is adding insult to injury.
9: MLAs are expected to debate the legislation next week with the changes to the public insurer scheduled to take place in May of 2021. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Well, with the
0: pandemic keeping many British Columbians at home this summer, a warning tonight about a popular home improvement scam that appears to be heating up. Let's bring in our Consumer Matters reporter, Ann And what's this one?
11: Well, Sophie, the driveway paving scam has resurfaced yet again and it's already cost a North Vancouver man thousands of dollars. The Better Business Bureau says it's received a number of complaints and expects more as the weather gets warmer. Here's how the scam works. A contractor approaches you claiming they're looking for homes with cracked driveways. They can give you a deal on a quick repair job, but there's a catch. You have to pay up front to get the discount. The BBB says the contractor will often use leftover materials leading to shoddy work and unfinished driveways
5: the biggest problem with this scam is that they're asking
11: you to pay cash upfront so
5: that's where the concern is because usually for these jobs you're looking at anywhere between twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars per pavement and so that could be a big loss depending on a consumer and their financial status especially during this time in the case of this victim who lost forty five hundred dollars that's not a small amount of money Right. And especially if you're spending that money, you expect quality and something that's going to be durable and long lasting. In his case, the driveway is already showing signs of, you know, bad, bad workmanship.
11: All right, so here are some red flags to watch out for. Anyone who tells you they have leftover materials from another job, professional contractors know what's needed and rarely have leftovers. The push to make a quick decision. A written estimate should be valid for days or weeks and specify the work and total price. Cash-only sales. Remember, reputable contractors will take credit cards. And companies located out of province be cautious as scammers can spoof local numbers to appear that they're in BC. And when hiring a paving contractor, try to get several quotes and evaluate each based on professionalism, price, work quality, and timeline. Make sure to get a written contract detailing the total costs, taxes, warranty coverage, terms of payment, and refunds should the job be cancelled. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters@globalnews.ca
12: busy over here for BC ferries. Chawasin to Swartz Bay is actually sold out. The last two sailings are completely full for this evening. Uh, The 712 to Southern Gulf Islands is 97% full and there's a one sailing wait to Duke Point. At this point, the 1045 sailing is already at three quarters full. Sussex Insurance are your auto plan experts for insurance renewals, changes, or other ICBC transactions all from home. Just visit sussexinsurance.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at Chawasin Ferry Terminal.
0: The European Union has reopened its borders to a new short list of 14 countries, including Canada. Not on that safe list, though, the United States. China will be added to the list when it lifts its own restrictions on European visitors. The EU will review its decision in two weeks. No surprise, the EU is still barring Americans, given the continuing surge in cases in that country.
15: No good news to share. It's just sadness.
0: 26 states are seeing a rise in cases, 11 of those looking at a jump of 100 percent or more over the last two weeks. The explosion of cases is prompting states to slow or even reverse their reopening plans. Governors are closing beaches, bars, gyms and pools ahead of the July 4th long weekend. America's top infectious disease expert is telling a Senate committee today that if the country doesn't take dramatic steps to curb the virus, the daily surge in cases could more than double. A dire warning
13: on Capitol Hill today from the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, calling COVID 19 out of control, predicting the possibility of 100,000 cases a day.
2: I think it's important to tell you and the American public that I'm very concerned because it could get very bad.
13: Fauci was joined by the top doctors on the White House Coronavirus Task Force, including CDC Director Robert Redfield, who laid into American Airlines for its decision, along with some other airlines, to begin filling planes to capacity.
8: I can tell you that when they announced that the other day, obviously there was substantial disappointment.
13: American responding that it still has multiple layers of protection in place, including face coverings, enhanced cleaning procedures, and a pre-flight COVID-19 symptom checklist. Today, masks, social distancing, and increased testing were repeatedly touted as vital to controlling the spread. While the pace of testing has doubled since May, experts at Harvard's Global Health Institute say it's not enough pointing out the U.S. is now testing approximately 500,000 people each day. They say that number should be a million or more. The study says only 17 states and D.C. are doing enough testing to keep outbreaks from getting out of control.
10: We keep hearing from our political leaders that we're doing enough testing, that we're doing too much testing. Not a single public health expert, not in America, not anywhere in the world. Believes that America has had the level of testing it has needed to be on top of this virus.
13: Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News.
0: The mask debate is also underway in Ontario, where in Toronto it is now mandatory to wear one in public indoor spaces. Leaders in several Ontario communities are also calling on Premier Doug Ford to make masks mandatory across the province. But Ford is rejecting those calls. Toronto's indoor mask rule goes into effect July 7th, but officials are encouraging residents to start wearing them now. The city had already announced mandatory masks on public transit as of July 2nd. Activists and foreign leaders are deploring China's new national security law for Hong Kong. At lunchtime in Hong Kong today, a dozen or so activists staged a protest in an upscale shopping mall. Police eventually moved in and cordoned off the protesters. Amnesty International spoke out against the law, which targets anything that smacks some criticism of China, calling it the greatest threat to human rights in the city's recent history. Hong Kong returned to Chinese rule in 1997 with guarantees of freedoms not enjoyed on the mainland. Some say the law will jeopardize Hong Kong's semi-autonomous status and its role as a global financial hub. In Health Matters tonight, BC's public health rock star, Dr. Bonnie Henry, has picked up the mic from Hollywood actress Olivia Munn.
1: This COVID-19 virus has shown us that if it is anywhere, everywhere is at risk.
0: Dr. Henry's calm, reassuring message is flooding Munn's social media accounts today, including Twitter and Instagram. The social media takeover is called Pass the Mic. It's a global campaign designed to cut through the noise of misinformation and give medical experts a massive platform to share information about COVID-19.
1: We are a global community, and we're all in the same storm, but we are not all in the same boat. And this virus doesn't know where we live, where we are from, or the colour of our skin. The only way we will get through this storm is by supporting each other and doing it together with tolerance and patience and kindness. We need to learn and take the best from each other and each of our pandemic experiences so we can save all our lives. Rich or poor, we all need to support each other so no one is left behind. This is our opportunity to put mistrust and anger aside and be united against a common foe
0: Other celebrities passing the mic today include Julia Roberts, Hugh Jackman, Penelope Cruz, and Sarah Jessica Parker. A new swine flu strain with pandemic potential has been found by researchers in China. Named G4, the virus is genetically linked to the H1N1 strain that caused a pandemic in 2009. Researchers have found more than 10% of workers on pig farms and 4% of the general population tested positive for the virus between 2016 and 2018. Scientists say that while G4 has all the essential hallmarks of being adapted to infect people, it does not pose an immediate global health threat. The WHO says it will review the findings of the study. Just ahead, thanks for all the laughs.
3: Welcome, American. Hi there, everybody.
0: Saying goodbye to comedy legend Carl Reiner and how he wanted to be remembered. Also ahead, back on the ice, how sibling rivalry has helped Quinn Hughes stay in shape during COVID.
3: Give a shout out. Tag posts with hashtag BC Healthcare Heroes or email BC Heroes at globalnews.ca to share with Global News. BC Healthcare Heroes in partnership with Fortis BC, caring for the BC communities where we live and work. You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
0: Comedy legend Carl Reiner has passed away at the age of 98. The writer, director, actor influenced generations of performers with a career spanning decades.
14: Everybody loved the new lines.
10: It's easy to recognize Carl Reiner's face.
5: Always said that I like you so much better without your, hair. But
10: he's equally known for his mind as a writer and director. Born in the Bronx, Reiner's Big Break came in the 50s, performing on Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows.
14: Get out, and get out there.
10: From there, he teamed up with comedy legend Mel Brooks.
3: People actually hit themselves oh in the face. boy! Wow! That hurts, though. Yeah, you better know it's not.
10: Reiner was a prolific writer, creating one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time. The Dick Van Dyke Show.
2: He is my mentor and my idol.
10: He was also an accomplished director.
14: I'm somebody now!
10: When asked how he'd like to be remembered, Carl Reiner's answer was a lot like his life. Humble, yet
2: funny. He was here, and he didn't foul up the earth. No, he made a difference. He made me laugh.
10: Joe Fryer, NBC News.
0: Some dramatic video out of China today. Highway cameras capture a passing motorist daring rescue to save three people trapped in a burning van. That's right after Christie's forecast. And just before we get to Christie, a flood warning has been issued for parts of B.C.'s central interior. The danger areas are the upper Fraser near Prince George and the quinell River. The problem has been created by a large snowpack and the recent warm weather. Now widespread rain is in the forecast for the next couple of days. The River Forecast Center says the mission gauge is currently at about 7 meters In the flood year of 1972, it was at 7.1. And as you can see, there's already a lot of debris floating in the water. With tomorrow being Canada Day, people are being urged to use caution around riverbanks since many of them are extremely unstable right now. All right, let's get some more detail to that weather forecast. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is here. Christy?
5: Thanks, Sophie. So, what we're watching is this system that's in Alberta, and it looks like it really is intensifying as it makes its way into our province. So it's prompted the BC River Forecast Center to upgrade a number of regions in the province. Here's a look at the map. Yesterday, just yellows and oranges across the region, and now quite a large area under red. The flood warning, that's the upper Fraser River and Quinnell River that you mentioned, but also an extension of the high stream flow advisories and the flood watch. And here's the reason why. So we've got this system that's going to ride in from the East and spread from BC Peace River right down and through the southern interior. We are going to see it not only through the day tomorrow, but right into Thursday morning, and even some areas across the north will continue to see it through the day on Thursday. It just eases across these southern regions. So, significant rain expected. Environment Canada also issuing, issuing a special weather statement. The green is where we have the rainfall warning because those areas could see up to 80 millimeters through Thursday. All other regions in the 20-40 to 40 40 millimeter uh, range. But keep in mind, we still do have some pockets that could be even more intense. Now, across the South Coast, Canada Day tomorrow. We're going to see similar conditions like we saw today, where Fraser Valley will likely continue with cloud and showers for our region. Some cloud cover in the morning, slight chance of a shower, but it should ease up later in the day as conditions start to shift towards the east. So there's your Canada Day forecast. We're certainly on flood watch from the northern parts of the province right down through the central interior. Caribou region, and that includes the lower Fraser River, so we'll be watching that over the next few days. It takes a good three to five days for all of that water to make its way down, so we'll certainly be tracking this over the next several days. In the meantime, should be drier for your Canada Day afternoon, everyone, and we are headed towards a little bit of sunshine for your weekend, and I'll leave you with a beautiful rainbow uh, looking out from New Westminster towards the um, Sky Train Bridge. You can see the Patello off in the distance. Thank you to Lori for that great shot almost looks like a rainbow bridge that is beautiful thank
0: you christy highway cameras in southwest china capture the heart-stopping moments when a van crashes on a busy highway and bursts into flames trapping three people take a look a van driving down the highway suddenly spins out of control and flips onto its side then bursts into flames the three people inside trapped then cameras capture the moment that a passing motorist stops and rushes over to the burning van to help kicking in the windshield so the occupants can escape. Traffic police say the accident was caused by a broken transmission shaft. All right, let's check in with Squire Barnes, another step closer to hockey.
16: Well, there are Canucks in town. I mean, there are always a few that stay here during the off season, but a bunch more have arrived. So they were working out today at Rogers Arena and included in that group was Quinn Hughes.
6: Uh, You know, I'm confident, I feel strong, and I feel, you know, excited and ready to, you know, come back here.
16: Hughes is rested. He's ready to resume his role with Vancouver.
0: And later, from babies to hockey players. (laughs) The many patients of one of BC's longest-serving paramedics. Solution. I have a solution. Go. Okay, so Edmonton, Toronto get to be the main hub cities because there's less COVID in Canada, right? And then up until the point, it's Edmonton, Toronto up until the point of the actual final, and then you do the final in Vancouver. So then we all get it. And
16: to add to that, when they hand out the Stanley Cup, it's Bonnie Henry that does it, not Gary Bett. Okay, we've got figure this whole thing out. Yeah, and we did it really quite quickly. Um, we aren't sure what city the Canucks or anyone else are going to play their games in during the NHL's restart, but as Sophie just said, uh, Toronto and Edmonton might be the front runners now for both hub cities ahead of Las Vegas, since things are really going south down south. It would, of course, be cheaper and safer to play all the games in Canada. Anyway... A number of the Canucks are back in town getting ready for this restart, and they were on the ice at Rogers Arena. Let's see who was out there. Well, there's Quinn Hughes and Jacob Markstrom. Besser, JT, Tyler Toffoli. Troy Stetscher, who, of course, just lost his father. Chris Tanev with moves and a shot. And last but not least, Elias Petterson. And you know what, so? I think he's pointing right at you. That one's for you, Sophie. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice to see you too. Uh, Quinn Hughes, as we mentioned, was out there today. No doubt the time off is going to serve him well since he wasn't used to playing as many games as he had to play during his rookie season after leaving college. He only had two points in his last six games before the pause, so maybe he was slowing down a bit. He uh, wasn't just playing games. He was playing a lot in those games. Just like everyone else, he's a bit rusty. But he's rested and it's easier to knock off rust than it is to battle through fatigue
6: definitely recharge and chomping up at the bit and i think uh you know maybe the four months here is the busting in disguise for me i think because um you know i feel really strong now i think that i can perform better in the playoffs now than i would have uh three and a half months ago so another great
8: play by when the NHL season was postponed, Quinn Hughes had played in all but one of the Canucks' 69 regular season games. It was by far the most hockey the rookie defenseman had played in a single campaign. To the
6: I remember at the time I felt, you know, it was a long season, but at the end of the day, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I was excited They're to not be able to fight for quarantine. a chance to play in the, in the playoffs. So I think, um, you know, if anything, you had kind of a lull. Uh, right before that and then once you can kind of see that you're getting to the end then I think you gear it back up again.
8: And Hughes is all geared up for a potential playoff run alongside his Canuck teammates where he'll definitely be a target for the opposition so be it. Quinn spent the last few months at the family home where sibling rivalry with his brothers was front and center be it hours on end on the basketball court or in the swimming pool so bring on the Minnesota Wild. Hughes is more than ready to get going.
6: The biggest thing for me is using this time to get stronger, and I think you know I've done a really good job at that. Um, you know I feel as strong as I've ever been, so uh, you know I, I'm confident. I feel strong, and I feel you know excited and ready to you know come back here.
16: What once was obvious is now official. There will be no minor league baseball this year anywhere which means no games, of course, for the Vancouver Canadians and a quiet Nat Bailey this summer. Some of the minor league players will be part of expanded major league rosters, but most won't play at all. Also cancelled today was the Canadian Women's Open, which was to be played at Shaughnessy in September. But the good news out of this... Vancouver's not going to lose this LPGA tournament altogether because when they get back to normal, hopefully next year, the Canadian Open will still be at Shaughnessy. 700th time for Barcelona and Argentina. Well, this isn't for Argentina, it's for Barcelona, but the 700th goal of Lionel Messi's career in a 2-2 tie against Atletico Madrid. They would have liked to have won that game, the move ahead of Real Madrid, but Messi gets 700 and...
12: regain
0: the lead.
16: He's got a little move, too, after he scores. Mm -hmm. There you go. All
0: right. Thanks very much, Squire. Let's check in with Jay Durant for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay?
16: Thanks, Sophie. We'll have an update on the flood warning that's been issued for the Central Interior. And some breaking news. An Air Canada passenger who traveled to Vancouver from Winnipeg has tested positive for COVID-19. That person then flew on from Vancouver to Toronto. Plus, the pandemic is having a big impact on international students looking to apply for medical residency programs in Canada. We'll hear from a Canadian studying in Australia who says government rules are preventing hundreds of Canadians from returning home to help with our doctor shortage. Those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11, Sophie.
0: All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jay. Tonight's healthcare hero is coming up next, plus the B.C. paramedic who will forever be a part of Canucks hockey history. Time to take a moment to recognize another one of our B.C. healthcare heroes fearlessly stepping up for B.C. during the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to thank you for all of your nominations. Keep them coming. Tonight's is for Lynn White Pachaluk, and it comes from her co-workers at Medray in Coquitlam and her husband, Tim. Lynn is an x-ray tech and mammographer. In 2014, she was awarded Technologist of the Year by the BC Cancer Agency's screening mammography program. About a year later, she was hit by a car on her way to work, breaking her back in 10 places but she's never given up her passion for helping to save lives with mammography. Even before COVID, she found ways to work around her injuries. And now during the pandemic, she's been taking on shifts from frontline health professionals with young families or those with immunocompromised situations who could not safely attend. Lynn, your coworkers and your husband say you are still the go-to when it comes to mammograms and you are their healthcare hero. If you have a healthcare hero to nominate, send an email to bchealthcareheroes at globalnews.ca. Include a few details about why they're your hero and a few pictures, and we just might feature them next. Great picture, by the way. Well, it's not often the retirement of a frontline health care worker is big news, but Ross Holloway is no ordinary paramedic. After 43 years being front and center at countless major emergencies, one of BC's most well-known first responders has served his last shift. Linda Ellsworth reports.
15: At 2 in the morning outside B.C. Children's Hospital, first responders from all over the Lower Mainland gathered to send off paramedic Ross Halloway.
6: Ross, on behalf of all paramedics and dispatchers, it's been an honour and privilege to work alongside you. Your dedication of 43 years will not be forgotten.
2: Making the decision to retire wasn't easy. And it's a great job. It's an awesome job. People who like to work on their own and think on their own and, and really make a difference, this is, this is the job for them. Of course, he
15: didn't know much about it back in 1977 when what he really wanted to do was follow in his father's footsteps and become a firefighter.
2: The only reason I actually ended up by coming to BC Ambulance is because you had to be 21 to be a fireman. Then my dad says, you should should try this paramedic thing.
15: He's seen a lot of changes through the years.
2: Sort of grab them and go. The interventions that, you know, we do now compared to what we did in 1977, is this staggering?
15: Now here's the punch from behind. He has lots of memories, like the time the Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore incident happened while he was on standby for the NHL.
2: That was one of one of the, how should we say, highlights of my career. And uh, I remember my mom saying, "My God, your picture!" I says, "Mom, I'm on the front page of the McLean's magazine." <laughs>
15: <laughs> but most of our stories about Ross involved his work with the Air Ambulance Infant Transport Team. How are you, buddy? <laughs> but all good things must come oh. to an end. Renee! Oh my God, everybody's here.
6: Congratulations on your retirement, Sierra 83. This is your last call. This clear.
2: How you doing? Yeah, Good. Hey, Greggy. Hey. Received 10 seven quarters. And thank you for... Getting me home safe every day. It's pre- it's been uh, it's been an unbelievable trip. Yeah, thanks, guys.
15: Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Well
0: done. Congratulations on your retirement. Apparently, he's going to sit by his pool. And why wouldn't you? All right, Christy, Will he have good mm-hmm. weather to sit by his pool, though?
5: That's what I was just going to say. It's a tough go. Uh, So for our region here, Metro Vancouver, we'll still see cloud cover tomorrow. Slight chance of showers. Fingers crossed for breaks of blue sky, at least brighter by the end of the day tomorrow. So not a bad Canada day, except for those of you out through the Fraser Valley and anywhere further east and through the uh, uh, BC area. Interior regions expecting a lot of rain tomorrow. All right, that's it for us tonight. Have a great evening, everyone.